Thank you for joining us here on the Radio Bible Course for our study of Galatians. We're in chapter 4, and Paul is telling the Galatians that he is feeling pain for them until Christ be forms in them. That's where we pick up in our study today, and it's in verse 19, Galatians 4.19. Paul writes, My little children, with whom I am again in travail until Christ be formed in you. I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Paul wanted these Galatian Christians to grow in Christ, as Peter put it at the end of his second epistle, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, instead of growing in grace, they were falling from grace. And he uses that expression in Galatians chapter 5, which we'll come to shortly. They were growing in the law of Moses rather than in grace, and you cannot do both. If you grow in law, you become more like Moses. If you grow in grace, you become more like Jesus Christ. So the Christian ought to set his heart, and his goal ought to be to grow in grace. Why? so that he'll be more like Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is completely pleasing to the Father. Did you know there were Jews who were very unhappy with Jesus because he didn't follow the letter of the law, the way they interpreted it? I recall on one occasion when he went to the home of a Pharisee to eat dinner, and he went in and flopped down next to the table without washing his hands, and that Pharisee was horrified. Jesus was not very religious, you see. He knew that it's what's on the inside that counts, not the outside. The Pharisees were busy washing the outside, but inside they were full of dead men's bones. And so it is with many people today. They have customs, rules, regulations. They follow the letter of these rules, but within they are lacking the grace of God which brings joy, abundant joy. Paul here in verse 19 is talking about how the Galatians, how he wants the Galatians to be growing in Christ. He wants Christ to be formed in them. That was his goal. Paul never brought people to Christ and then abandoned them. He wrote letters to them to build them in the faith. He visited them so they could become strong in the faith. He wanted to see them come to maturity because it's as they would come into maturity that they would reproduce and carry the wonderful good news to other people. He does here in this verse 19 use the example of a woman in labor to express the pain that he felt for their development. And I guess he was asking this, when will Christ be formed in you? Well, When will he be formed in us? When we become like him, as John described him, he was full of grace and truth, and John did that twice in the opening verses of the Gospel of John. We read in verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, Glory as of the only Son from the Father, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. For many years I wanted to be more like Christ by keeping rules and keeping laws. And then I realized 
That's being like Moses. I want to be like Christ. I need to be full of grace and truth. So I began to focus on the New Testament instead of the Old. I began reading the letters to the churches rather than the law of Moses. Now, God's desire for you and for me as believers in Christ is this. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, should a Christian change? Oh, there ought to be a dramatic change. Faith in Christ does bring a change. We change from following what we thought would help us to please God to believing in Christ alone to please God. Many of the things we depended upon and practiced we abandon and now live in the peace and the joy and the light of the gospel of Christ. But in addition to that initial dramatic change, there is a slow growth. It's slow as we feed on the word. If you feed on the word much, you'll grow much. And if you feed a little, you'll grow a little. And if you don't feed at all, you probably won't grow at all. What is this word that helps us to grow? Peter put it this way, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. The word is food. It's spiritual food for the spiritual man. Just as the body needs physical food for growth, so the spiritual man needs spiritual food for growth. And Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 4, when the tempter tried to tempt him into desiring physical food for his physical body when he was weak because of his 40 days of fasting. And Jesus answered, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There is a word that sustains us spiritually. Now in verse 20, Paul is perplexed. He said, I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Paul doesn't understand why they have forsaken grace. Nevertheless, he wishes he could be with them, to reason with them, and to display a less harsh tone toward them. Yes, there are some harsh things in this letter. He talks about them going back to bondage, of ignoring the Spirit, who came by faith. These people were recipients of God's great blessings, and yet they are abandoning these and going back under law. False teaching does that. Watch out for false teaching. Watch out for people who stress the law, who want you under commandments, who talk about your behavior more than your faith. Remind them that faith pleases God. Watch out for people who insist that you have to have faith along with works. And they say, James said, faith without works is dead. And that James said, if a man says he has faith, can that faith save him? And they try to confuse you with that kind of false teaching. 
They don't understand James because they haven't read it in context. They are plucking verses. Beware of such people. Beware of those who say you must do good works or you will not have salvation. Jesus said this to the Jews who were insisting on that kind of thing. He said, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom he has sent. If you have done that, rejoice in Jesus Christ. God is pleased with you if you have believed in his Son. That's the greatest work that anyone could do. It's the work of faith. You are believing in the one that God sacrificed for you. And believe it to the fullest extent that every possible blessing that you could ever get comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. Now next in Galatians 4, we come to a powerful illustration concerning Sarah and Hagar. Paul wants to get this point across, that if you go back under law, you are going back under slavery. So how better to illustrate that except by a free woman and a slave woman? Now listen as Paul develops this. We won't be able to finish our discussion of this today, but we'll get a good start. Beginning with verse 21, Paul writes, Tell me, you who desire to be under law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, the son of the free woman through promise. Now this is an allegory. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in travail. For the children of the desolate one are many more than the children of her that is married. Now we, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. But as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave and her son, for the son of the slave shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brethren, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. Now, I think every Galatian understood perfectly what Paul was talking about. But unfortunately, not many Christians do. This is a powerful illustration that teaches if you are a son by promise, then you belong to the free woman and you are a legitimate heir. And the life ahead for you is home in heaven. There's a Jerusalem above. But those who are going back under the law are trying to be slaves again and they are identifying with Hagar's son, Ishmael the one who was in slavery. And what did the scripture say to that son? 
cast out the slave woman and her son. They can't inherit with the son of the free woman. Now, Christians need to make a choice. According to this paragraph and this illustration, they need to decide whether they are born of promise or born of the flesh. Implied in this illustration, of course, is that there are two births. There's the natural birth and there's the spiritual birth. If you have believed a promise of God, then you are born again or spiritually born, born of the Spirit. And if that be the case, then you are an heir of God and a joint heir of Jesus Christ and your destiny is heaven. Now, if that is not the case, then you are a slave and you belong to the earth and you are one of Hagar's children. Now, we're going to continue this discussion tomorrow verse by verse so that you will fully understand this illustration. I'll be here and I hope you'll join me. Before we leave the air... I want to tell you about an illuminating four-cassette tape course which demonstrates how the most controversial and difficult passages can be resolved by good hermeneutics. What is hermeneutics? That's the science that deals with interpretation. Our course is called Principles of Interpretation, and you will like it because it deals with some of the most difficult passages in the Bible. Many commonly quoted verses today are shown to be wrongly interpreted by failure to follow simple rules of interpretation. Write today for information about principles of interpretations. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.